Welcome to the Fair Chase Podcast. It's like, yeah, it's going to be physically it's hard, suck, but it's also like the best. Later on, that's the story you tell. I got a new strategy. It's, you just go kind of lick your finger a little bit like this. Aim high, play the wind. And then you aim high, you play the wind. It's a new aiming technique that I'm working on. You brought this up. Yeah. It's because you had target panic so bad. Yeah, I didn't have it so bad. Before we jump into this episode, we have to thank a few companies that make this show possible. First up, Vortex Optics. We run their binoculars, spotting scopes, and uh, a lot of their clothes in their Vortex wear line. Quality hoodies. sweaters and hoodies, t-shirts, hats. Yep. You uh, can save yourself 20% on that stuff. Buy. Ooh, it's a new code. The code TFC20. Check them out. Next up, Trophy Line. Trophy Line. No secret, we are saddle guys. We like to hunt in saddles, make the jokes if you want, but yep. they're super light, super effective, and we're big fans of Trophy Line. This year we're going to be running the Mission Platform or the EDP Platform, the EDP. depending, and uh, running the Covert Light. Yeah, nice and light saddle. Lots of good adjustability on that. I feel comfortable walking with that thing out in the woods. Go yep. check this thing out. Use the code TFC10 to save yourself 10% on the next purchase. Next up, Prime. The bow that got me to switch back. I think I feel like I got you to switch back. You did, but but I like. But it was it's a big because part. of Prime shootability, shooting your bow, their accuracy. Uh, we're big fans of Prime. They're Michigan company. Jared's shooting the Nexus Four. I'm shooting the Nexus Two this year. Go check them out. G5Prime.com. We uh, we're big GPS map users on our phone. Um, I get tend to get lost a lot, and Jared you do tend to get lost. A lot. Jared can't always be next to me. When you don't have Jared with you, you can have a little Jared in your pocket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome platform. We know the guys. They're local here in Grand Rapids. And you can actually download other apps, stand locations, plot locations, whatever pins that you have, you can download them onto the HuntWise platform. So you're not – You can give you it a try. You can just hit the ground. And you're not losing your research. Yeah. So go check this app out, HuntWise.com. You know, I was actually asked this weekend if we weren't partnered with Vector and, like, I had to shoot a different arrow – would I shoot vectors? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I said, yes, of course. Yeah. I love them. I shoot extremely accurate with them. I've never broken one. Yeah. And the sweet thing was is you pretty much just tell Isaac and the guys over there your draw length, draw weight, and I think your tip weight. Your tip weight, and they have a – And then you customize the whole thing. And you they can do it right tip, online. cut, and everything. You don't have to mess with the bow shop or anything like that. Check these guys out, vectorcustomshop.com. For 10% off your order at checkout, use TFC10. Good luck out there. Shoot straight. All right, welcome to another episode of the Fair Chase podcast. Um, today I have AJ from Knights of the Apex, or is it Coda? Do you guys call it Coda? Either one's good with me. So <laughs> Okay, well, all right, this is what I want you to do for me, AJ. Uh, I'm going to need your name, uh, what you do, where you live, and your, your favorite hunt in that order. Go. Oof. Okay, uh, name AJ Iaquinta. Uh, I am the sole person behind Knights of the Apex uh, Instagram and YouTube channels, also known as uh, CODA. That's the acronym for it. Um, favorite hunt? Uh, I, I love whitetail hunting. I haven't hunted out West yet. Um, are we talking like an actual hunt or like general? I'm saying like a very, like one day, one hunt, like very specific time and place. Oh, okay. That's an easy Does that one. Then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that one. Honestly, if I had one day, one hunt, uh, opening day of turkey season mm. here in Florida is, uh, yeah, that might come as like a shock to some people, but 
it's just a ton of fun. They're, they're going crazy. Uh, it's early March here in Florida is when the opener is. And uh, it's usually right around my birthday. And uh, I, I love that opening day at turkey season. There, every year that I turkey hunt, I like it more. Like yeah. every year it grows. And like, I would say the first day of turkey hunting is I can hardly sleep. You know, you go out, it's like your first time being in a good woods in a while. You're yep. hearing the, the bugs and stuff, seeing some green. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a, I like it. All right. And so you've got where you live. You said Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville? Uh, Tampa, Florida. Tampa, Tampa Florida. Florida. Sorry. Right. Um, all right. And so the next thing we're going to do before we jump into your hunting story is you, I'm going to need you to tell me like, okay, so has hunting season opened by you yet? Uh, yeah. Yep. Actually, it just opened last weekend. Okay. So you're going out, I assume you, you take like a backpack or something, right? I do. Yep. All right. So think about what's in your backpack right now. Okay. That you would take out with you. What would be the most useless piece of gear that you bring? Like the thing that like, it's, you can't even believe you take it out. <laughs> oh man. There's probably a couple of things I've been doing. I've been working really hard to hone down what I'm packing it down. for the last yep. couple of years. Um, I always have uh, an obnoxious amount of like carabiners with me for some reason. Oh, just hanging off. Just hanging off. Yeah. Like I always like anticipate I'm going to be hooking stuff onto things that I never do. Like I've always got extra power cord and carabiners that for, I don't know what I expect I'm going to be repelling or something, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, and it probably adds up to a decent amount of weight in, in my pack, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know what though? Used- that's not bad. Like the, like if there's anything you can like, I don't know, that's, a, that's, that's not very wasteful. Like there's <laughs> I, way I, worse I things for sure. For I, I have been guilty of having way worse things, but, uh, yeah, I, I like, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty anal about like at the end of the season, really looking at like, what did I actually use and what did I not use even going down to clothes and seeing like, can I get rid of it? Can I pass this down to somebody? Can I sell it? You know, things like that. So um, really trying to trim the fact because also like the longer you start doing this, you start bringing more equipment to capture content and share things. And I feel like that has just slowly replaced all of the unnecessary hunting gear. Um, so yeah, I think it's more uh, becoming more unnecessary camera equipment, which is much, uh, much less fun to talk about. But so you, are you the kind of guy that has like, you have one pair of pants or like, what, you know, are you like down to like one let you have one Merino under base layer, you know, are you, do you have multiples? No, I've got multiples. I like being clean. You know, I, uh, I, I don't freak out about scent control as much as a lot of guys, especially a lot of whitetail hunters. I prefer to just, uh, you know, I'll be clean and I'm the guy, I'm the first guy to do a load of laundry at camp, uh, for sure. So yeah, I've usually got two or three, uh, that I'll then rotate out throughout the, throughout the week. If, if I'm at a, a whitetail camp or something like that. All right. All right. Fair enough. You like to be clean. I can respect it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump right into your story. So, you know, we had talked ahead of time um, about you coming on and telling like a really great hunting story that, that you've lived through. Um, so we're going to start there. And then we want you to end with um, a tip that maybe led to success or what you learned from failure. Uh, can you do that? Yeah, sure. For sure. Cool. I'll be interrupting uh, with, uh, and I'm, as I interrupt you now <laughs> with questions. So know that I'm going to be asking a little bit. All right. Perfect. All right. Perfect. Jump in. Yeah. So I, uh, I grew up, um, hunting upstate New York and the Catskill mountains. My grandparents have some property there. So I go up there at least once every fall, um, either in September, I actually just got back from there for early season bear, uh, which is where this story will take place. 
or I make a, uh, it a point to get up there for November for uh, the whitetail rut. And uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, first bear hunt. Um, we just started over the last couple of years seeing bears regularly on our property. And New York's a hard place to hunt bears because you can't bait. Um, you know, you can't bait anything in New York, um, unless you have some special nuisance permits. So, yep. uh, you know, we're, we've been fortunate enough to like on, on our piece of property, we've between our family, like someone's taken one off there every year. And it's not that we have any special skills. It's just that we're very blessed geographically where we're at, that our property has a ridgeline with an old logging road on it. That's loaded with white acorns, um, around this time of year. And on the backside of that, mountain is really just sheer rocky yep. like and then on the other side is a nice bench right so the two play off of each other the deer like to hang out on that bench the bears and the predators like to hang out on that dark rocky area we think that's where a lot of the the bears den and whatnot so question um, about get, that question yeah. about that a couple of things two questions first of all sorry to interrupt but no i, I wanna, like this <laughs> uh you ever read my side of the mountain i haven't oh dude it's the catskill mountains he he's a I read this when I'm I was write a kid. that down. It's it's not it's like an easy read. It's not like it's like a kid read. Okay, it's awesome. And this kid decides he's he's done. He's gonna run to the mountains and, and survive. So he goes out. He catches a falcon as a kid, <laughs> like a like a baby falcon. Trains it, names it frightful, and lives out there. And it it's a whole book about this kid's adventure. And he is in the Catskill Mountains. It's okay. You got to read it. It's great. One I, one of the I great hunting do. books. That's awesome. Um, my second question is, so you're talking about saddles. So you're, you're yep. saying that obviously, you know, people that we know that do a lot of hunting in the mountains or, uh, you know, especially like the Eastern type of mountains for, for whitetail, they talk about fo really focusing on saddles uh, as mm -hmm. kind of almost pinch points. So you're saying you're looking for bears that are like looking for an ambush spot along there. What do you mean by that? It started out where, you know, we were just whitetail hunting and then occasionally someone would see a bear. And then we realized that the smaller bears were, and, and just predators in general, coyotes, foxes, uh, um, the little like feral looking, I'm blanking on the name right now. Um, but we noticed they would hang out on, it's the, uh, it's like the North east corner side of the mountain so it's just darker uh it doesn't get as much light it's there's a lot more rocky outcropping um and we would just notice that like the predators would just hang out on that side and then the big bears would just walk the we originally we didn't have a lot of cameras on the logging roads because that's not where we were concerned with deer because the the deer that we were hunting were hunt were crossing on all the in-betweens but we started noticing that the bigger bears were just they were just literally walking the logging roads like it was nobody's business sure. so i see them um, on logging roads all the time especially yeah. out west i see like a lot Yep. And I, I've heard that from guys out West, but again, East coast, we were never hunting bears. We, and then just within the last decade, it really blew up. I know the same thing's happening in New Jersey and PA and all over uh, the Northeast right now. So we had just, it just had never been a focus before. So we started shifting a couple of our stand locations to um, kind of pinch points where these logging roads kind of branched off. Um, and one that actually just, it kind of forks off and it either continues along the ridge or it goes down to this, this rocky, uh, backside that I'm talking about. 
Um, so that's one of the, the points that we decided to set up. So uh, my dad had done a lot of the recon. He lives up there. So, uh, you know, I rely on him for to be my eyes and ears for most of the years since uh, I live down in Florida now. Yep. But uh, so he set me up in this spot. We got in before dark, um, you know, and, and normally like if I get in and it's still dark, I can't even see my hand in front of my face. I'll close my eyes for a little bit. Uh, and when you're in the woods, like you always like when things are dark, you feel like you're seeing bears, but it never actually sure. is, especially <laughs> like, especially when you're a kid. Right. So I, I just remember being in there and I could hear like crunching and moving around, around me. I figured it was, you know, it was just stuff, move, the usual stuff that moves around in the middle of the night. Right. Like didn't really yeah. think anything of it. And then it started to get lighter, started to get lighter. And I'm like, that that's probably just a, like, I saw a little ball of darkness and I was like, that's probably just a tree that fell over. It's like the base of a tree. Right. And then just close my eyes again for another, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and when I open up again, I'm like the tree has moved uh, and I can definitely hear it crunching. Like it's moving closer to me now. So it's starting to get lighter, starting to get lighter. And I can, I can make it out in my range finder that it's definitely a bear. It's moving. And I can, at this point, um, you know, he's slowly just kind of making his way through eating those white acorns as he goes. I think he was actually going through like an old rotted out log, uh, maybe looking for grubs or something, but I could hear him. He was about 30 yards away and I could hear him crunching just as it was getting to the legal shooting lights. So I was all amped up, um, you know, just, just started going through some, just like relax myself, calm myself. Cause it's September. So it's the, the, that's the first thing I'd hunted all year. So I was all jacked up, right. Hadn't had a great season the year before. So you, you know, you only feel as good as your last shot. Right. So I was very eager to, you know, reclaim, um, reclaim a good shot on an animal. So, uh, definitely, you know, probably should have waited because it was, it was, we were in the shadows and with, with black bears, I mean, you guys know, like it's, it can be hard to judge exactly how they're orientated and that's, right. And I definitely made a mistake with that because I was able to make them out clearly, you know, it was legal shooting light. My peep was clear. My shot release felt good. But when I hit him, I was like that the fletchings didn't disappear. And the way he turned around and just barreled ass down the mountain, it didn't feel like as great of a shot as I was anticipating. So it seemed like he was kind of dragging a back leg or something. So gave him time. Um, and uh, my dad heard, could hear the shot from where he was. Uh, the property's not that big. So he, he heard, uh, you know, he heard the bear just barrel off down the mountain. So we gave him time, you know, we, uh, we went, we looked, we had good blood, um, not, uh, not great tracks, but he was dragging, uh, he was yeah. just dragging everything behind him. Um, the blood trail was really solid. Anytime he passed by like a branch or a tree, I mean, it was painted, but he wasn't dropping a lot on the ground, which isn't that crazy you know, because they've got thick fur um, yeah. And, yeah. And, was, and that fat will close it up a little bit too, you know? Absolutely. And, and I've, I was using at the time, I think I was using a sever 2.0, um, which, you know, the first couple of yards, because it's still a two blade, usually like the first 10, 20 yards, I don't get crazy, crazy good blood. And then it really opens up. So didn't really think anything of it started getting more good blood. Um, and then it would, it just got really in, intermittent and we were going for probably a couple hundred yards at this point down the, the backside of the mountain. Um, and, uh, it hit a point where we hit this little like grass opening, uh, just in the middle of the, the forest and it just, everything just stopped. Like there was no more trail. There was yep. no more nothing. And we just started circling, you know, we, it was, we both like, we never got negative. Um, you know, like we never, like, we never talked about like, you know, 
calling it quits or anything like that. Like we just felt really, really good for some reason. Um, and in general, like we're not, we're not the the type of family that'll just give up on an animal without like exhausting every possible effort. And it got to the point where, you know, there's no more tracks, there was no more blood. Um, but at, like buried in this tall grass was a pile of shit mm-hmm. and it didn't, you know, the, the only way for him to go, it was right on the edge of this, like just gnarly, uh, just overgrown bush and vegetation. And it's like, there's no way it chose to go right down the middle of this, right? Like it definitely went left or right, but there was no trail left or right. And it was about a couple of feet into this gnarly, uh, just overgrowth that we picked up the blood trail again. And we're literally like crawling through this. And then after that, we found a little mud hole where he had definitely bedded down uh, for a little bit. And then we came over the edge and there was this, this beautiful little uh, river um, and he was just laying there right there in the middle of the river. And it was just this picturesque spot, like just beautiful, f- looked like Fern Gully that we were <laughs> And it was a, a murderous little hole to get out of. So we, you know, we ended up, we couldn't get a ranger or a four by four or anything back there to, to get it out. And we just had like little day packs. Cause we were, again, sure. like, it's our property. Usually we can get an ATV within a hundred yards of. You can get far something. back. How far back were you? in that? We were probably a good four or 500 yards from where I had shot it. So it, it had dragged itself a good ways. And when we recovered it, I had realized that I had, he was probably quartering away from me a little bit more and he might've even been turned like, so that his spine was, I guess, a little bit, it was almost more like a more vertical shot than I had thought it was. So I, I had actually hit him in the spine and it deflected down and the mechanical blades I had, luckily I had hit that artery that runs along the spine. So, yep. um, I mean, he died pretty quickly. It seemed like, but he definitely, I mean, he dragged himself for, for a lot of the way. So I was very fortunate. It was one of those hits where like, we looked back and we talked about it a lot. Like if I had had a fixed blade, would that have made a difference? If I yeah. had, if I hadn't had the mechanical, would I have still got clipped that artery the way I did? Right. It was right. one of those, interesting case studies you know but anyway I was just getting to recover it in that beautiful scenery with my pops and we had to hike that thing out of it we had no cell service which was also rare for the area we're, we're in upstate new york right like it's right. not it's not the boonies um but we couldn't get any cell service so we literally just field dressed them i threw the hide over my my shoulders and we just freaking hiked the thing out of there until uh back up to the ridge where we had cell service again um and we we're just, you know, we got back to the house, just covered in blood with, with, you know, the bear fur on me. And we've, I've got a trail camera of us walking in, in the dark and a trail camera of us walking out with the, uh-huh. the bear pelt on us. And, uh, it was just cool. It was cool. Anytime you can recover something with your dad or with, you know, whoever your mentor was like, it's just a special experience. And, uh, it changed the way, like we thought about hunting, uh, how so? Because we, that area of our property, that, that backside, we had never really, that was kind of like the sanctuary we left off, but we had never really explored it. So, you know, and, and we had never really considered hunting it as much, but now that like, we're starting to see more bears, we started looking into that more. And also it just changed like the little gear that we bring, right? Like my pops invested in the, in the external frame Kafaru pack, just for those weird odd times where, which one did he get? I actually don't like know. one of those. Is it one of the fold like pretty small, like whitetail ones, or is it like a pretty big? No, like, he, what's the size of it? He got the full kit and caboodle. So he got the, <laughs> I want to say, because I, I think they've got two models of their external frames. So he got like the the heavy duty 
Oh, um, okay. Not the not the military frame one. He got the the other one, but I forget. I'm blanking on the names. I'm terrible with their product line. But then yeah. he basically outfitted it for Whitetail. So like okay. other than the frame itself, it's just he's got like a series of smaller pouches on there. So it's still very like Whitetail centric. But he can throw a uh, a ladder or not a ladder stand. He can throw a a, a stand on there. Yeah, we can pack out an animal if we need to. Um, and it's, it's just a more versatile pack system than just having the little day packs. Like we did, like we normally carry in. So were you guys in a, uh, tr- were you in it? I'm looking at, I found, I found the picture. Okay. It's yeah. Really sweet. It, it, I mean, that is super picturesque right in that little stream. Yeah. All green behind you. Um, yep. were you in, were you up in a tree or, or like, yep. okay. Yeah. So we were in uh ladder stands. Um, you know, it's our property, so we'll leave the stands up there. Um, so yeah, we were in like a, you know, either, and I, I don't even think it was Novix back then. It might've been uh lone wolf still, but yeah, we were in one of those type uh, stands. So I was a couple hundred yards away from my dad. He was at another choke point, um, kind of doing some recon there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it worked out. Um, and, uh, yeah, just a fun hunt. I've always wanted to, and it's high, high on my list, the Northeast, especially like the New York area. It's like that. Like I said, I've grown up reading there about the Catskills, like, and, and having lived out there for a while, but never hunted. Um, it just looks awesome. And it's, it's, these are, that's an awesome story. So now you've, you've figured out that they're back there. This is what 2021, like, yeah. are you hunting back there now? Are you, you know, yeah, so you doing? we're still, we are still now we've got a, uh, you know, part of, part of having property where like our whole family hunts on is you're also trying to find the spots where like nobody else is going. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, yep. so we're hunting the in-betweens, right? Like my grandfather's getting a little older. I don't think he really knows how much noise he makes getting into the stand. Yeah. So kind of, I, I aspire to be that way. Some, exactly. Someday. That'll yeah. Be me. It'd be awesome. Yeah. He's got like the Taj Mahal of uh, tree stands built. Like it's like a framed out little, like it might as well be a cabin up on the little knob of the, the mountain that we're on. But um, yeah. But yeah. So we've been, uh, we mostly like, we still keep it as kind of like a sanctuary. Um, there is some whitetail trails running to and from there, but there it's, it's one of those areas where like it's for whitetail, it's lower percentage, but the bucks take those, those routes. Right. But for the rut, we can still get them on the Ridge because they're going to where the does are intersecting. Right. So like, we've got a little spot right there where just like where we are hunting bears, that's kind of times square for that top of that, for the top of the mountain where we're at. Yeah. So um, and then my cousins, they're, they're hunting a, a choke point more on the, the other side of the property, um, just where, you know, it's, it's the only thick patch of, uh, of timber over there. So that's kind of where everything's walking through. So we kind of, at this point with cell cams the way they are, and I think there's like six or seven of us hunting yeah. this property, like everything is covered now. Are you, so you, I'm looking back at your pictures. Do you go, you looks like did you shoot a buck out of that spot or is that a different spot that was a different spot yeah that was a different spot that uh so so that is actually um i've killed uh all the pretty much all the deer i've killed on that property have been on the bench on the other side of the, okay. the ridge so yeah on the other side of that ridge um there's a bench uh that just runs the whole length of of uh of the mountain and uh yeah they'll they'll walk that right they'll come up at different points um, and then they'll walk down South. There's like a, a choke point that just funnels, yeah. um, by some roads. And, uh, yeah, that's where a lot of stuff passes by. Um, and I think they actually kind of like that knob 
uh, so the, the ridge like ends in like a knob and I think they actually, that's not our property anymore. So we can't really go, uh, figure it out, but mm. we think that they are actually running around that knob as well. So we'll uh, see so it totally makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Cause we'll see them on cameras on the backside and the front side. So it, it makes sense that that's what they're doing. Uh, I have to ask, you know, cause I love to eat bear. How, how have you been eating on that? Did you finish the bear? Oh yeah. It's gone. It's long yeah. gone. Yeah, that goes and- first for, for us. I shot a bear in Montana this spring Yep, and we ate it and there still was deer from the fall yeah. still in the freezer. <laughs> like we go through that so fast. I, I'm so glad you said that. Cause it gets such a bad rep and I think it just has to do with the preparation. And I think a lot of people are just, uh, they overthink it. Like it's, it has to be cooked by like pork, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be done well done. Like I think a lot of, we, we did that. We made that mistake the first couple of times we could, sure. cause we were just so paranoid. Right. And then we're, it's we, different. It's like a different exactly. kind of meat sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like beef, but you know, it's a bear. So it's, yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. And do you render the fat? No, I haven't. We haven't gotten that far into it. Gotta, gotta take that on though. For when sure. you're ready. I think we posted one on our blog. We did the best way to render oil. Uh, we I'm on my second you know, bear, I only shot two. Mm. Um, but I'm just finishing up the lard. You just render okay. it down. It's awesome for pretty, pretty much everything. It doesn't have really any flavor. So the next time you go out and get that, you know, yeah. East coast mountain bear. Yeah. I'm going to have out. to send that to, uh, to my family. I was hoping to get one. So I was just, we were just hunting again this past weekend and I, I didn't get one, unfortunately, but, uh, yeah, I'll have to, I'll pass that along for sure. And everybody who's listening, he takes incredible pictures. I mean, like that's that your, your, your Instagram page is like, is awesome. So scroll back and you'll see what he means. It's all there. It's, it's really awesome. Uh, oh, well, great, so great pictures. And some of the, some of the gear stuff, it's like, it's just awesome. Um, <laughs> to finish up the podcast though, uh, you're thinking through this hunt, you know, you said this comes to mind as, uh, you know, a great hunting story for you. Uh, looking back, what did you learn or, you know, you had, obviously in this case, you were successful. What did you, what'd you learn? What was it? What was the reason you were successful in that? Like you're bringing forward? Well, I think it was the, you know, I, I think it was, it was one of the, I, I would consider myself lucky, right. More yeah. than successful. And I think, you know, looking back, it was the combination of the, the lows that made the highs so great. Yeah. Right. And also I, there's this weird thing where like, you know, I, I don't know if, if, if I should ask my wife, I don't know if women are like this, but I feel like as guys, we bond in the suck for whatever reason. And I think, you know, having those downs of like, we were tracking, we weren't sure if we were going to get it, but we're still staying positive. And then when we did sharing that experience and then having to hike that thing out of there, which sucked. Right. But it's still like a a bonding experience. There's something about that, that just really sticks. Like I'll always remember that hunt um, just because, you know, I, and, and then it was my first bear. So, and actually my only bear. So bears um, are awesome. Bears are yeah, awesome. There's something, there's something special about them. There really is, you know, it's, it, there's, they're a cool creature for sure. Like it's uh, like, I've seen them in the woods, you know, hunting other things and just smaller ones than I was willing to take. And they're just so cool to watch. Like bears just do bear stuff. They're not like anything else in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they move differently. It's just, there's a, I don't know. It's like romantical thing about bears that I, uh, I really like. All right. Well, Hey, thank you for coming on. Uh, like I said, uh, 
check out his photography for where, where can people figure out uh, where, where can they follow you where can they buy some of the gear you guys sell uh for sure yeah so knights of the apex that's knights with a k on instagram that's definitely where i'm most active it's where i'll, I'll post all of uh the gear stuff i think the the flat lay photos and gear lays so i'm always mixing and trying different stuff um that's how this whole thing started and uh yeah knights of the apex on youtube as well i'll, I'll do some reviews and things like that and uh, working on putting my first hunt vid together um hunting out of a saddle for the first time this year here in florida Ooh. so yeah sight yeah i'm very excited to follow that yeah i'm looking yeah. forward to it man all right hey uh thank you for coming on everybody thank you for listening make sure to come back next week as we continue um this series of hunting stories uh aj thanks again man yeah of course hey everybody thanks for listening to this episode we really do appreciate it if you want to go on to any kind of social media platform give us a like share subscribe you know it really help us out keeps the train rolling and if you guys really like what you're listening here give us a five either star way if, even if you don't like it even if you don't like review. it five stars That'd helps cool. everyone out we'll see you out there